Hey, Shelvies. Buckle up for a new episode of the Shelved Books Podcast, where every writer is a story that may never see the light of day. This is the podcast where authors share the stories that they shelved, the manuscripts that they may never publish. Then they explore the reason why they shelved this story. Welcome to the Shelved Books Podcast. Welcome to the Shelved Books Podcast, Shelvies. It's another week, another episode. This episode is our Halloween special. Happy Halloween, everybody. Yeah, happy Halloween. <laughs> you are, if you are a listener, I would suggest after listening to this episode on your favorite um, podcast app, maybe move on to the YouTube <laughs> just so you can see what we are wearing and you can see like what what we are today, what fantastical creatures we are today. <laughs> so, so please join us on YouTube if you haven't subscribed yet. Please make sure to subscribe and like this uh, video. Um, so today we have such an amazing guest for all of you. I cannot believe they said yes. When they said yes, uh, my job was like on the floor and I had to uh, relocate it again onto my head. Um, we have been anticipating this episode for months and we are now so happy that they can join us. Um, our author guest is a trans Latinx with a, an MFA in creative writing from Mills College, which oh, just just amazing and is originally from Oakland, California, but they now make their home in Portland, Oregon, which I believe is just it's so beautiful in Portland, and I really, really want to visit there one day. And I think you know already their debut novel, novel Cemetery Boys, rocketed up the New York Times bestseller list. I am such a fan of that book. I read that book in one sitting. It's so, so beautiful. <laughs> if you have not read that book, where have you been? Go and get that book. But after you watch this podcast, um, and their latest, The Sunbury Trials, has made it once again to the New York Times bestseller list. <laughs> this author is a superstar, rock star author, and I am definitely a fan and will continue to read their books. Welcome to the podcast, Aiden Thomas, everybody! <laughs> Thank you so much. That was such a nice introduction. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be talking to you guys. <laughs> it's, we, we are excited to have yes. you here. It's just such an amazing mm -hmm. uh, feeling to have you on the podcast. And can you tell us a little bit more about yourself beyond your crowning beautiful achievements in writing? Uh, yeah, uh, like you said, I was born in Oakland, California, put myself through college, um, and now I live in Portland. Um, I have a dog and a cat, um, and I spend a lot of, Portland's a beautiful city, so I spend a lot of time outdoors and exploring it, which is really nice, um, and reading a lot. Ooh. Being <laughs> Living close to pals is really, really nice. <laughs> <laughs> It feeds that book hoarder um, yeah. uh, <laughs> tendencies that we all have. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. So, so what are you currently <laughs> reading right now? Um, right now, I am reading, I'm trying to remember what it's called. It is a Headless Horseman retelling, actually. Ooh. Oh, nice. And it's sapphic, Ooh. which oh. is really cool. 
that's perfect for the season. Headless for horsemen. sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's called um, Raising the Horsemen. That's what Ooh. it is. And um, the Headless Horseman is one of my like favorite, like kind of classic Halloween stories for me. Ooh. So yeah, it's been very exciting. <laughs> it's been nice. nice. Love it. <laughs> so is it? It's like Sleepy Hollow esque story. Yeah. Or... Okay. It's like about like the descendants of Cat, uh, the main character. Um, yeah, and it's really fun so far. I've been having a good time. And I was like, I need a nice Halloween read. So, <laughs> well, that's a good. That's a good suggestion. Another one for our TBR, and I, I, I wanna, I wanna go hunt that. Is it out already? It's out already. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so we can we can go and get that book after for we sure. go get you know Sunbury Trials. <laughs> it's such a lovely. I'm so when I saw your video on the when you saw the gold foil on the cover, it was so beautiful. Okay. Yeah, that was really cool. That was that was really exciting. I didn't know if it was. I was like oh, crossing my fingers that there was going to be gold foils. It was really, really exciting when I opened the box and saw it nice. for the first time. Yeah, that's like a crowning achievement, you know. When yeah. You have like, embo- an embossed cover and you can like. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So what is what shelf book story are you going to share with us today? Yeah, so I like I don't have a lot of shelved stories, but I have this one that I had done for NaNoWriMo one year, and God, I I, I can't even wrap my rhyme around how long ago that was. But um, it was the first time that I learned about Swoon Reads, which was turned out to be my um publisher for Cemetery Boys and Lost in the Neverwoods. So that's how I like even originally found out about that <laughs> program was through NaNoWriMo. And um, I've always been really drawn to young adult. I really like spooky atmospheric young adult. So that the story that I was working on, it was um, kind of a witch book, another witch book. <laughs> um, um, and I had it set in in Oregon also. And um, it was very heavily inspired by like over the garden wall, that kind of like really like autumnal spooky vibe. And uh, it was four teenage like witches who live in the same small town. And um, the idea was that there's something strange going on in the woods. Because uh, I like, I love a creepy woods. Um, <laughs> I don't know why. Um, there's something going on in the Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, it's yeah. creepier than They're a woods fun. At night. They're, yeah. Like, what more could you want? Um, and so, yeah, it's these four, four teenagers who are trying to figure out what's going on in the woods in their small town. Um, and it kind of turns into a story of finding out that maybe not all of them have been up front with everyone else in the group mm-hmm. about what's in the woods and what the um the bad evil character actually is mm-hmm. so there's some red herrings that I threw in there and I wrote like a, a good chunk of it mm-hmm. and then honestly I ended up um, kind of cannibalizing the story and some of the scenes that were in that I plucked out and have put in other books that have since been published um so it's like it's almost kind of like it's a zombie book because like it still lives on in these other stories 
at least this is you were giving me yeah. yeah you were giving me kind of like a stranger thing vibes about you know yeah. like teenagers yeah, yeah. in the woods so you were ahead of the you know the the, the stranger <laughs> thing thing that's really cool that but trend, I also yeah. kind of have to love that you're you're treating it as a zombie and it's like a scary movie and like, yeah it, it all works together I love how your brain yeah. works there <laughs> I was like maybe the wider plot isn't working but this was a good scene so I'm gonna right? take it and I'm gonna put it somewhere <laughs> that's else just weird. <laughs> yeah I'm not gonna lose out on this scene <laughs> I love it too because me Angie and Kate are critique partners and we've spoken before about how every time that somebody tells you like you know this scene's not really working maybe you should dump it like we hoard that scene like it's like pure gold yeah. you know like it's saved yeah. on, our, on our cds it's saved at well cd like on the computer on an external drive on our yeah. email <laughs> so good for you oh yeah yeah i'm like i was like look i had some good ideas in here <laughs> they'll look better in different worlds and lives oh, i love it so how much of it did you write I well, I completed NaNoWriMo, so there was at least fifty thousand k. I think wow. I got up to like sixty-seven thousand. Wow! And it, yeah, and like then that's almost on, complete. Yeah, yeah, and then I was like, oh, this is, and then I like it was time for me to pitch ideas to my um editor for like my book too, and like that's the one that I like presented. Mm -hmm. I was like, here this is probably the book that you want and like a lot of it's done already um uh because the first book i actually sold to swoon reads was lost in everwoods it was not cemetery boys so cemetery boys was my option book and um i fully thought that that cemetery boys was going to be this this white hall book that i had come up with which is like a working title um and i was shocked and a little horrified because I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I put 67,000 words <laughs> into this story that I'm not going to use. Um, but then I ended up, you know, being able to write Cemetery Boys and that's pretty, that's, yeah, that was a, a great move. <laughs> okay, I'm just curious because the titles of, of all these shelf books that we've been talking about are usually classic. So what had you named this book or had you given it a title? It it was I had called it the Witches of Whitehall, I believe, and I was like, Whitehall, that sounds like a cool town that could be creepy in the middle of the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, that's good. That's not as creepy or weird as some of the other titles that we've heard. Yeah, so, yeah, that was good. That was good. That could yeah, have gone. I mean, yeah, even the title wasn't that exciting. So more blood titles. So I, I, you know, titles are so hard. If you they are. Yeah, they're impossible. Yeah. Titles and first lines for some reason are just oh my god first lines I kill myself <laughs> over just constantly yeah so think about typical, it the whole process is that typical of you to like be able to to write that much in a month no um, <laughs> definitely not that was the first time I completed NaNoWriMo and I don't know if I'll ever be able to pull it <laughs> off again um, but yeah that was yeah that was outside of the norm it's like man back back then i had so much inspiration i was able to like produce so quickly because um, for cemetery boys that first draft i wrote in six weeks because we were on a really wow. tight timeline so wow. i used to be able to do it i can't even fathom doing that at this point anymore oh, no. it's like who has that many hours in the day i don't know no. <laughs> i don't know how i was pulling it off <laughs> I totally agree with you. So how did you know, like, how did you know that the book, that your shelf book wasn't working? 
Um, I think it was that I wasn't excited about it. Um, and for me, if I don't, if I'm not excited about a project, it suddenly turns into like pulling teeth. And so I had realized was that that 67K uh, mark, I had, I don't know, like 20K more to write. And I like wasn't excited about it. I didn't, oh. I didn't feel like I had a very good ending. And I was just kind of like, it's just kind of there. Like there's some elements in here that are cool, but this isn't a story that I'm really excited about. And without like I, cause writing is so hard. <laughs> it is so hard to like be a creative person on purpose. That I have, it has to be a project that I'm like very invested in. And I just wasn't super invested. Um, in that story and a couple of the characters you know i had four pov characters and two of them i was just kind of like i don't know if you need to be here (laughs) (laughs) which is not a good feeling (laughs) do you think that the reason why you didn't connect with it as much is because you wrote it so fast like just trying to get the words out or you know is that typical that you can write really fast and still have it flow I think it was that like I had a good premise and a good idea for a story, but I didn't really have any good follow through for it. Mm-hmm. So it was like, sh- okay, sure, but yeah, I don't. I'm not sure if it. Uh, it's yeah, it's mostly just needing to have that motivation and that spark in order to be able to mm-hmm. chase it down because that's basically what you are when you our writing is chasing down what's in your brain and trying to figure out how to translate it in a way that other people can read it and understand um yeah (laughs) when you go ahead go go ahead when you presented it to your publisher did they was it a flat like nope not gonna work or did they say well if you revise it this way or you know basically like how I approached it is like I kept bothering my editor and I was like hey why can I send you ideas for book two and she was like it's very early but go ahead (laughs) and so I sent um, her an email with five different ideas the first one being um, the shelves book the Whitehall one and then I had like three more book ideas and kind of gave like a page pitch idea for each one Um, and then uh, the final one, the very last one was Cemetery Boys, and it was a very short paragraph. <laughs> it's like, I don't know, maybe because I was like really nervous about it. Um, and then like when she emailed back, she was like, oh, I want Cemetery Boys. At that point, it was actually, I was, the working title for Cemetery Boys was Ghost Boy. Um, and I was shocked and, and like so excited <laughs> that she like wanted this like translated next book. And I was just like, oh my God, this is this is happening. That's so cool. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. Oh, God. And and some of their boys came out at such a the right the right time and it was so so beautifully written. I just I cannot I cannot even I was like um and and I not just reading it but I I would also highly recommend listening to the audio book. The audio. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Of, yeah. Of and um so like when you are when i i think it's so interesting when you said like oh i was just not excited about it i think a lot of author uh, writers should like take a page out of that as well because sometimes i think along the way uh, we lose that and it becomes like you said pulling teeth so like yeah. on the days when you don't feel like writing do you still write do you write through that feeling or do you just 
let the muse come to you before you it depends on the day um i usually try to kind of force myself to get through it but i also kind of know <laughs> the vibe that i'm giving myself <laughs> i don't actually think we're gonna get any of this done and then my brain is like i also don't think so <laughs> but i i try to at least um push through the initial because if I just kind of gave up every time, I was like, I'm not feeling like writing right now. I would never get anything done. Um, yeah, so there's like a certain a certain boundary that we have to cross in order for me to be like, all right, like, well, listen, we gave it a good effort. <laughs> get in for the day. Um, but what really helps me um, that I found, especially about writing the uh, Sun Bear Trials sequel, which is what I'm working on right now, Ooh. is that, um, I was really intimidated by the project because I had never written a sequel or anything. Um, and something that I like consciously went into my outline and like was like, okay, I want to make sure I'm doing this was that every time I'm writing a chapter there, I need to find three points that I can make a joke, uh, like oh. a really like ridiculous, funny joke that I think is funny. A lot of puns are involved, um, but having having those three moments of being like, okay, I have to. I'm not excited to write this chapter, but I am excited for these three ridiculous jokes I'm gonna make, so I can write myself to those like midpoints and get myself through it. I <laughs> love like, that. Trick that myself. Is <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Oh yeah. I'm gonna write that down somewhere. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> that is good. That is so like, this might be kind of a boring scene. However, Teo's gonna make a joke and everyone's gonna laugh. <laughs> I love that. Especially, you know, like on those days where like just writing one more word is gonna kill you, but you know yeah. that, that that pun or that joke. Oh, I love that. That's great. Yeah, I love that. That is yeah. awesome. Now, do you follow your gut? Like if um if like, let's say like three days in a row, you're telling yourself and your brain is telling you like, eh, not today. Do you like, do yeah. you go with like, okay, there's something wrong with the story at that point? Like, do you? It's usually like... a pretty good flag that something's going on okay. and maybe not necessarily even with the story because I am such an intense plotter. Like usually by the time I am drafting a book, I've kind of already written a zero draft because my yeah. outlines are so intense. Yeah. Um, so that's not something I have to worry about. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of it's the the mental games of it for me. And usually if I'm like, oh, I'm really stuck here and I'm not doing something, I like tap into my critique partners and I'm like, hey, I'm really stuck. Um, can someone kind of like, is anyone around to kind of help? me thought process this out loud um and my friends love to joke that um i have a lot of problems that i come to them with and and most of the time i talk myself through the problem before they're <laughs> even able to like respond and they're like okay and good job like <laughs> so sometimes it's even just kind of um like restating what you're trying to figure out that suddenly that kind of realigns and stuff and things fall into place in your brain I love that. Yeah, and if I wasn't so a fan before, now now that I know that you're an intense plotter, I'm even more. Oh yeah. Good for you. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, I, and I wish I was a plotter because I can't talk to save life. 
<laughs> if I did plot, it would be off in some weird, random place. <laughs> See, I feel like if, if I only pants, I would end up like, <laughs> yeah. this is the story, and I'm somehow over here, and I'm like, I don't know how I got here. I don't know how to get back. So, I don't know. I need last, to have structure. Last time I did plot, I wrote 200K, and I was still not anywhere. So, yeah, plotting is good. <laughs> It's a skill. It actually is. I think it, you know you have to be able to to put the words in your thoughts and have it be linear. Where I'm kind yeah. of not. It, yeah, <laughs> totally. But, oh, but, but it works. <laughs> yeah. But do you ever feel constrained by the outline that you, or do you still allow yourself those moments of like creativity that's outside of the outline? Oh yeah, I have like before I start writing a book, I outline the entire book first, mm -hmm. and that is like this, this is my path, right? And mm -hmm. that's what I'm following. But very often, I'm like, actually, you know, this should be this character, or actually, they should be and going to this location, not that location. Mm -hmm. And when I realize that, I before I write anything, I go back to the outline, change it in that moment, and then track it throughout the rest of the outline and all the rest of the chapters and everything um because i'm constantly terrified of like having a good idea and forgetting about it so once it happens i'm like okay hold on <laughs> where's the outline <laughs> let's, let's document this we have to write this down <laughs> and whatever you're doing don't change it it's working for you <laughs> so when you outline do you use like a, a document to help you outline or like how, what kind of process do you have yeah, I use Google Docs um, oh. almost exclusively um, because I hate Microsoft Word. Crashes, I don't trust it. Um, it's scorned me far too many times. Um, and, and I really like Google Drives and I like that um, it's so easy to have critique partners when using uh, Google Drive because everyone can have access to a living document and that's really nice. Um, and I organize everything with um, headers and bookmarks and I also color code oh my gosh yeah my scenes are broken down in my outline within like the um Jessica Brody the 15 steps yes, um, yes. yeah yeah which you know she's a genius and that's it it's great <laughs> so I have like all of that broken down so I could literally go into like my sidebar with my outline and scroll for like what I'm looking at and like yeah. something that I did at the end of Sunbearer trials which i just immediately regretted was like very last minute i was like oh at the end of this book these characters are going to get gifts to help them with the second book mm. i'm just going to make up some random gifts i don't know how they're going to use them oh, no. i'll figure that out later and now i have to figure it out like, wow past Aiden was a real jerk about this um so like being able to have my outline and be like here here's the f i think there's like six items it's <laughs> uh, here's the six things make sure i have to figure out how to plug these into this outline <laughs> madness that's so classic and that's so cool and now i can't wait to see the sequel so that i can figure out what you're gonna do with it that's awesome yeah it's rough <laughs> oh yeah you know it's like i i i totally understand about the the um the hesitation about sequels because we have this thing where it, I think it's a, a thing in our society, in our culture, where the sequel has to either be better than oh, yeah. the first book or, or the first whatever. It could be a movie or whatever, but the sequel has to be better. And, and often than not, the expectations are so high 
Oh my gosh, yeah. You know, so how do you deal with 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 that kind of pressure? Not super well, to be honest. Um, <laughs> it's um, yeah, it's really intimidating and it's kind of scary. And I think um, I have very little ego when it comes to writing. And I'm like, yeah, this is actually super hard. Like, I'm not trying to impress anybody. <laughs> I'm like, you know, this is rough. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's just it's it's intimidating and it's kind of. And it's stressful in a really good way, right? Because it's all good things. Like I am doing things that are good and I am being successful. But whenever that happens, it's like, okay, well, okay, I was here. And, and oh man, now we're here. I was like, oh, oh God. Well, now the next thing has to be here. And the next thing, you know, yeah. I have, everything has to be getting better. It has to be escalating. Yeah. Um, and that's super intimidating. <laughs> the other thing too I find, and this is with books and with movies, is like the reader, and I'm guilty of this too, is you want the sequel to be just as good or yeah. better. Yeah. And but you also don't want the characters to change, which is ridiculous because you wrote right. the first story so your characters yeah. would change. So now yeah. you're stuck with like, do I make these characters change? Do I want a different setting? Do, like it's conflict. I agree with yeah. you. It's and yeah. as a reader, it's um complicated too because you see these characters change and you're like well that's not how you would have done it in the first book or you know yeah like <laughs> totally and I think and well, the other the other funny I think side of it to the other side of the same coin is that like people want another cemetery boys but if I wrote like another cemetery boys they'd be like well I wanted something different I wanted something like new and exciting so it's, it's hard to kind exactly. of hold both of those truths at once of being like yes they really like the source material the original but yeah. you can't just repeat the original because then they're going to be bored so yep. like, yeah 100%. it's, it's mm -hmm. so hard yeah so just yeah. keep doing what you're doing though you're doing great <laughs> yes. and I know yeah. that you say that you you have a low ego but you have no reason to your books are amazing so three yeah. fans right here we can boost your ego anytime <laughs> thank you so much <laughs> yeah that's the great thing about Aiden it's like the purity and the you know and just the light of Aiden I love actually it, you know they are such a worthwhile follow on Instagram on Twitter and because of the not not just the positivity but also like when you see their videos and uh, it makes my day actually it does and it's, it's such a not only are you putting out great content um for books for readers but you're also putting out great content on social media because social media can be a dark place as we know so oh, yeah. having those pockets of pure light is just so beautiful and you adding to that is i'm just oh it, thank you so much it's just so so just keep Keep doing what you're doing and thank you i think at the end of the day like um it's we we appreciate our readers loving our work but at the same time it's not uh they're not the ones we are writing for it's like uh, uh, at the same time it's like we're still about writing what we love and then yeah they and mm. the and then we share it with the world and then they end up loving it too and i think yeah that's why i'm excited for the sequel of the Sunbury trials. Yeah, me that. too. And, 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 and giving yourself a harder time. Yeah, that's only a testament to you as a writer, is that. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, that means 
so much to me. Thank you. Yeah. It's very kind. With each book, and, and you see the growth. You see, actually, you mm-hmm. see Aiden's growth with each book. And I could just imagine, like, the future projects that would come out of the video. I mean, and I'm really, really excited um, being a fellow Swoon Reads writer as well. So I'm like, you know, and, and just to see Aiden, you know, make it, make it so, um, become so successful. It's just, you know, yeah. just for me, it just gives me like, oh, I'm so happy. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> so yeah. we're going to segue now into Christy. So Christy, take it away. Sure. So 10 questions, I promise, super easy, top of your okay. head answers, just so we get to know you a little bit better. That's all. I'm excited. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Number one, do you prefer to sleep in late or take a nap during the day? Oh, probably sleep in late, but I do love a nap. Um, but yeah, I am not a morning person. So if I can avoid being awake in those hours, those unfavorable <laughs> hours, I'll do it. <laughs> Number two, who's your favorite villain? Oh, oh, my favorite villain. Um, this seems like such a basic answer, um, but a villain that I have always been super, super drawn to, um, is, oh, 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 oh my God, what is his name? I'm so sorry. Give me a second. No worries. Um, no problem. I can like visualize everything in my head. <laughs> Don't worry, just tell us what does the villain do? What, oh, what, char- the- what character do you- so my favorite, the first book that I actually read in entirety and enjoyed was Howl's Moving Castle. Oh, and I thought yes. the Witch of the Waste was such a cool villain. Mm-hmm. I thought that she was so unnecessarily mean <laughs> and yeah, and so petty. She's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. I was like, I can visualize the book in my head. I was like, <laughs> I can see the cover. Yeah, Witch of the no. Waste. Yeah, but I like that because, like, I like, well, okay, I'm weird, but I like the villain for the sake of being a villain kind of villain. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. me too. I love yeah. a good villain. A hundred percent. Number three, would you rather cook or clean the kitchen? Oh, cook. I hate <laughs> nice. I, dishes, dishes are the worst. I hate <laughs> touching, like, wet food. No. <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> Even with the advent of the dishwasher, I agree with you. Cleaning the yes. kitchen is still horrible. Yes. Ugh. Um, okay, this one can be real or imaginary person. In okay. zombie apocalypse, who would you want fighting with you? Oh, who would I want fighting mm. with me in the zombie apocalypse? Mm-hmm. And it could just mm. be character traits if you want. Too. My first was like Spider-Man. I feel like Spider-Man would do a pretty good job <laughs> of like taking care of me. Um, <laughs> Where's the, you can wrap like, your head, you know, like <laughs> yeah. And then the second one that came to my mind was the Darkling, which is like, ooh, he's a bad guy, but he would be helpful. <laughs> he would, if he could be chill for a little while, I think we could get through the zombie apocalypse together. <laughs> Number five is, are you chronically late or systematically punctual? Systematically punctual. Uh, I hate being late. stresses me out. (laughs) I will, like, arrive early and just kind of, like, hide somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, 20 minutes early is perfect. But Um, (laughs) What is your favorite reading spot? And this can be real or imaginary. 
My favorite reading spot is actually, um, there is a cafe in downtown Portland called Park Avenue Cafe. And it's at the Portland State Campus where I went to for a year. And I basically lived in there and drafted um, a lot of Cemetery Boys and Lost and Never was there. So that's definitely my favorite spot. It's like hang out and read and have really good coffee. <laughs> you have the good vibes in there. I yes, like great vibes. Nice. Number seven, do you cannonball into the pool or do you dip your toe first? Oh, cannonball for sure. <laughs> it's too cold and painful to try to like inch my way in. You just got to get it over with. Sure, you're a plotter and you're systematically punctual, yeah. but you were going to dip your toe in. See, you just surprised us. <laughs> um, number eight, what's your favorite pizza topping? Oh, pepperoni. Mm. I like pepperoni and like black olives, very like... <gasps> classic nominations I hate pineapple on pizza I get so worked up about it <laughs> I love it but okay it's fine we don't have to be the same everywhere okay. number nine okay this might be different because living in Oregon you might have more choice than us but mm. um Dunkin or Starbucks coffee you know I didn't have Dunkin Donuts until a little under a year ago when I went to Massachusetts. Yeah, because we don't have them in like California and Oregon. Um, yeah. And it is wild, the amount of sugar <laughs> that goes into Dunkin' Donuts. I had no idea what I was doing. And I like the first one I ever ordered, I could not drink it. <laughs> I had to go to like a different Dunkin' and oh try again. Um, so probably Starbucks. But there is now like this novelty of Dunkin' to me of being like, oh, I'm at, I'm on the East Coast, so I have to go get Dunkin'. Um, so I respect that the Dunkin' culture, um, but logistically it would have to be Starbucks. <laughs> Sounds good. You also probably have lots of cafes where you live, so yeah. Know, yeah oh, that too but <laughs> and number, so 10, number 10 which is like super important is what series are you currently binging Ooh. oh on netflix i i just recently watched breaking bad for the first time <gasps> yeah so that was, yeah i had literally never seen it and i actually watched um better call saul first because um, my friend really liked it and i was like yeah i'll watch it um and then so like, we watched all of Better Call Saul and I was like, okay, well now I have to watch Breaking Bad. And I just, <laughs> I just finished that like the end of last week um, Ooh, and it was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that that was... And I burned through that very quickly. Ooh. And there's a lot of seasons. <laughs> so good for you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was nice. Ooh. It felt safe for a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for answering those. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> all right. Dear listener and dear viewer. Do your answers match Aiden's? Please let us know in the comments down below. We would like to know your answers to Christy's questions also. And um, Aiden, again, thank you so much for joining us today and, and brightening up our day. Um, where can they find you? And what are you, um, you know, what are you working on now? Yeah, so I am all over the place. I have TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram, and I use Aiden Schmaden as my handle for all of them. Um, which, when I like first got my social media handles, I didn't know that we were supposed to sound professional as authors. <laughs> so now every time I'm on a panel with a bunch of other really cool authors and then they go down and they're like where can we find you on social media and it's like Tiffany G. Jackson's like Tiffany D. Jackson Danielle Quinn's like Danielle Quinn 
And I'm like, uh, Aiden Schmaden. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also have a website, which is just uh, Aiden-Thomas.com. And I also have a charity merch store that is on my website. And um, it's book merch. There's clothing, there's jewelry, there's stuff from like the actual books, um, character art, and um, all of the proceeds go directly to a charity that we rotate out every quarter. Um, so that's something to check out if you want yeah. to support some really cool local charities. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm working on that sequel for the Sunbearer Trials. And then after that, I get to write the sequel for Cemetery Boys. And I am very, very excited to start working on that. So yeah. Wow. Yeah, a lot of exciting oh, stuff. A sequel to Cemetery Boys. Oh my God. Yeah, I'm very excited. Mm. <laughs> and, um, was it like, was it you that I saw like there was like an announcement before like the like the Titanic in space? Oh yeah, I have I have two other books under contract <laughs> other than the, those two sequels, um, and one of them is going to be my first contemporary romance um, that's <gasps> set during college, and I'm really excited for that one. And then my first sci-fi book, which is uh, the working title for that one, is Gay Titanic in Space. So yeah, a lot of really exciting projects that I'm like ready to like sink my teeth into and start working on Love it. yeah See, it's gonna be fun that that's a lot of things to look forward to from aiden so yes make sure to follow him everywhere and i think you know aiden schmaden fits your personality <laughs> thank you thank you <laughs> to change it at all thank um, you i appreciate that <laughs> so um please make sure to follow them they are a great follow like i said earlier and if you haven't read their books, where have you been? Go <laughs> and read their books, okay? You don't need our permission, just go and get them, okay? Um, so thank you so much for joining us, uh, listener and viewer. If you have your own Shell Book story, please email it to us at shellbookspodcast at gmail.com. And we would love to read it here on the podcast as well. Please share your Shell Book stories with us. And at the same time, if you could give us a review, a five-star review on any of the podcast uh, apps that you are listening to, it helps us find more listeners and more viewers as well. So we are your hosts, Kate Evangelista. Andy Sandro. Christine Berman. And join us again next week where we have another fantastic guest joining our ranks. And we are so, so excited for, to, to show all of you who that guest is. So again, happy Halloween, everybody. Happy Halloween! Happy Halloween! Happy Halloween. <laughs> and remember, keep on writing. Bye! Bye! Thank you! <laughs> and that was another episode of the Shelved Books Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Until the next one, stay safe, read more, write more, and continue to be at your creative best world is waiting, and so are we.